This is Gene Lance on the Workers Beat Extra. We had our meeting this morning for the Labor Action Group, which is a small group that I put together just to try to help bring the progressive movement together, and specifically to bring the progressive movement together with labor, because I consider labor to be the very core of the progressive movement. Our topic for the day was the government and the unions, because that's been in the papers a lot lately, and it's also something that a lot of people don't understand. The government back in 1935 took the position that they were going to be neutral in the fight between the bosses and the employees, and they set up the National Labor Relations Board as a kind of a referee between unions and their bosses. As the class struggle went on with the referee and with some procedures in place, it would not be necessary for everybody to be fighting and disrupting the economy all the time. The unions were very, very happy because this was a lot better than what they had had previously when the government was clearly on the side of the employers. So, after the National Labor Relations Board went into effect, the unions went around saying, the government wants you to organize. And they did organize. And between 1935 and 1947, the United States labor movement blossomed like never before. And many, many important unions were built, particularly the Autos Workers Union. Because when the CIO, the Committee for Industrial Organizing was first formed, their first great accomplishment was to organize General Motors. That was amazing at the time because General Motors was the largest employer in America. So the auto workers union was the pride of the CIO. Today we find the auto workers in a settlement with the government after a long period of government investigations in which two of the presidents of the United Auto Workers were indicted and may be heading for jail, along with nine other officers and three corporate executives who were seen as complicit in some of the things that had happened. So we had the big fight and the big fight apparently has reached a settlement with the United Auto Workers. Nobody knows whether they like it or they don't like it so far. They also don't know how it's going to work. The settlement calls for the union to appoint an overseer who will oversee everything that the union does for the next six years. The government has the right to approve or disapprove of the union's choice for the overseer. So it's kind of a joint thing. The overseer will be someone that the government approves of, not just someone who's going to okay everything that the union does. The other aspect of the settlement that we know about has to do with how union officers are elected. Since the Auto Workers Union was started, it works kind of like the U.S. Congress or any delegated organization. The people vote for their delegates. Their delegates go to their uh, conventions. 
And then at the conventions, the delegates make all kinds of decisions for the whole union, including the election of the major officers of the union. And that's worked pretty well for the auto workers up until now. But what the government is going to ask them to do, or is going to make them do, is hold a national referendum on how they select their top officers. Instead of having delegates go to a convention and decide it, they're going to have one person, one vote. Or rather, that will be an option. The membership will get to vote on whether or not they want to change the procedure to one person, one vote. Now, nobody knows exactly how they would do that, but presumably it would be something like what the Teamsters went through a decade or two back. The Teamsters voted to go to one person, one vote, and they now elect their national officers by mail, and all the members get a vote. And the whole thing has to be supervised and done very carefully, just like national elections for Congress and things like that. So if the United Auto Workers members choose to have one member, one vote, then they uh, will have an entirely different procedure for electing their officers. Well, going back to 1946 or so, the officers of the United Auto Workers have not really changed. Well, they've come and gone. Some have gotten old and retired or died. But the, generally speaking, they picked their successors so that there was a continuity of leadership going all the way back uh, 80 years in the life of the United Auto Workers. If they go to one member, one vote, it's very likely that those uh, officers will be shaken up and that there will be some new blood put into the United Auto Workers. And I think that's pretty much what the government has in mind by requiring this. We don't know at this point whether retirees will be allowed to vote or how the vote will be conducted or how it will be worded or how anybody can campaign. One of the people at our meeting this morning said, well, after they do this, how are we going to know who to vote for? Because uh, we're all in different locals all over the country, all over the United States and Canada and Puerto Rico. We don't meet with each other. Uh, how would we know who to vote for? And I told her, you may not be surprised to learn that there are already groups in the auto workers union that would like to take power and they will be campaigning, particularly nowadays campaigning takes place on the internet and particularly with social media. So we may see a real upsurge and a real change in the auto workers union and it may be a step in the right direction. At this point, we don't really know. But one thing is clear. The government is not on the side of unions. The Trump administration has been particularly ugly to all the unions that he could hurt. And that means mostly the public service unions, the government employees, the American Federation of Government Employees, the American Federation of State, County, and Municipal Employees, the Texas State Employees Union. All these unions have been hit hard during the Trump administration, hit hard by the Supreme Court, and hit hard by the executive branch of the government. 
there was a time not so long ago that the government unions pretty much had an easy life. They had offices within their own government buildings where their employees were, and they could talk to the employees when they needed to. And they had a relationship with their bosses that meant that they could solve their problems as they went along. Hardly ever any kind of abrasive situation, no strikes at all, and a few arbitrations, but not very many. So in other words, the unions and the bosses in government employ did not have the kind of strife that we think of in the old days of labor bosses against employers. Trump has changed all that. For one thing, he got them all kicked out of their offices, and he also has changed the civil service laws. So a lot of people that used to be, uh, used to get their jobs through examinations and, and on qualifications will now be subject to getting fired on the whims of their bosses, just like most of the employees in the private sector. So the public employees particularly have been hit hard by the Trump administration. And it's a, a great mystery to union members who know what they're talking about as to why anybody that works for a living would vote for Mr. Trump because he has done everything he could to drive down our wages and our benefits and our pension plans and our ability to retire. So government has hit us hard and they have hit the United Auto Workers very hard. How it will all turn out, we still don't know. This is Gene Lance on the Workers Beat Extra.